Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Hey, if you like Entree Architect podcast, you are going to love Entree Architect Build Your Brand podcast hosted by architect marketing expert Jeff Eccles of Echo Engagement. It's our first new podcast from Gable Media and it's about marketing, branding, and the power of telling your unique story as a small firm entrepreneur architect. For a long time, I've wondered why some companies succeed and some don't. Why one can rise to be synonymous with an industry while many of the most creative on the planet toil away in relative obscurity. I'm Jeff Eccles and I invite you to join me for the Build Your Brand podcast. From Gable Media, creators of the Entree Architect podcast, this is the podcast mini-series where I explore how the best brands in the world think differently and act differently on their way to becoming the best. And what you can learn from them because no matter the size, the journey is the same. Our first new show from Gable Media, Build Your Brand Podcast, is launching in just a few days on Tuesday, March 10th. Listen and subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. My name is Mark R. LePage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 313, How to Ask for Referrals as a Small Firm Architect, with President and CEO of Monograph, Robert Yoon. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, 
FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work you love. And RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM specifications, and so much more for free at RCAT.com. Robert Yoon, welcome to Entree Architects Podcast. Good to be back. It's good to have you back. You've been here several times. I think this might be your fourth visit to the podcast. I don't remember. I lost track. Um, you've definitely <laughs> been here several times. Uh, you've trained for us over at the Entree Architect uh, membership as an expert trainer. And so you're a good friend and a good supporter of Entree Architect. Uh, but for anybody who doesn't know who you are, let me just do a, a brief intro uh, letting people know who you are. Trained as an architect, he is the CEO and co-founder of Monograph.io, the web-based project management software, and he's also a member sponsor. Well, Monograph is a member sponsor here at Entree Architect. If you want to learn more about Monograph, you can go to Monograph.io, or you can go through our link, just so we know that he knows that you came from us. It's, there's a little banner right on the on the homepage. Um, so uh, Robert is a serial entrepreneur, an expert in designing software solutions, and he has a passion for productivity. Robert's been here several times, as I mentioned, and uh, but he's, he, we haven't gone over your origin story in a while, Robert, um, and it's an interesting one. So why don't we start there? Let's go back to your origin. What inspired you to pursue architecture? Uh, and then how did you end up becoming an entrepreneurial, uh, you know, software entrepreneur? Uh, why don't you share that story, and then we'll we'll get into what we're going to talk about today. Wow, Mark, you really put put me on the spot again. <laughs> we got to go all the way back to the origin story. Um, I I, lo I love my personal story. Like it's just it's, it's so it's so intricate, and like you never know where life takes you. And my pa my parents are Chinese immigrants. I'm born here in Chicago. Uh, grew up, and like I knew I had a passion for architecture really early on. Like I played with Legos throughout all my childhood, studied architecture in high school, uh, where I we competed in the city multiple times, and that's how I won my first internship at Holloburn Root in Chicago uh, as a high school senior. Went on to the University of Illinois Chicago campus and did my bachelor's of architecture there. Uh, placed first at the Lyceum uh, Fellowship competition, which awarded me a traveling grant uh, to see architecture around the world. So I took off immediately after undergrad uh, and spent 10 months across 22 countries. Wow. Uh, just just backpacking and being and doing what a 21-year-old would do, uh, which is being curious and exploring the world. Came back and worked for my professor, uh, who had a firm called Wilkinson Blender, mostly high-end residential work. Uh, in Chicago, I did that for about two years before applying for my MRC at the University of Michigan, um, and then did a MS immediately afterwards with a focus in digital technologies and, and robotics in architecture. Uh, finished the two two master's degrees and then went back home. Work, worked went straight to SOM uh, and did the SOM tenured in, you know, in Chicago. In Chicago. Uh, for a little less than a year, like they didn't, they couldn't hold on to me for too long. 
uh, eventually made my way to San Francisco and did mostly high-end residential here in the Bay Area um, and a little bit of pre-prep work at Blue Homes before meeting two, two friends through a friend's network, uh, Alex Dixon and Moa Maya, who did their MRC from MIT, but they're self-taught software developers. Like they've always had a passion for building websites, building web apps. Um, I was running section cut nights and weekends at the time. That was my, my little side hustle project uh, after Michigan and uh, a few of my Michigan friends. And they rebuilt section cut. And that's really how we started working together. Shortly after that, uh, we founded Dixon and Mo as a software agency. I made a career change, um, and we started building websites and web apps for other people. Was that was that change hard to, to sort of shift from architecture after all of that mm. focus on architecture, all those years and all that education and all the experience that you had to uh, to shift from architecture to software? Was that a difficult decision? It, it wasn't that difficult for me, and like it really wasn't that planned. Um, so what was happening was Section Cut was growing at the time. Um, so my hey, nights explain, and weekends, explain what Section Cut is for people. So Section Cut started immediately after grad school as a way for myself to archive everything I've learned while I was at Michigan. Uh, so it was like an online digital bookmarking tool. Like I just needed a way to capture all the all the tools I was using uh, in studio. I wanted a way to capture all the text and theory and, and historical knowledge that that was reading while at school. Uh, at the same time, it was like kind of like right next to, you know, while I was working on my portfolio, I was building a website to archive all that information. That's really how it started. A few friends was like, Robert, this is amazing. Can we have our own? Um, so it was like, okay, I did some re rejiggling of the website and like we made it so that users can sign up uh, and it just kind of grew organically. And over time, it kept growing to the point where we got too busy and we were doing workshops off of the, the knowledge that we were collecting on, on the website. We were essentially selling weekend long workshops to uh, universities and go teach uh, digital fabrication courses, CNC courses, digital modeling, uh, 3D printing uh, type of courses to universities based on the, the knowledge base that we were collecting uh, on section guide. And then, and then so when you met your co-founders, Mm -hmm. They is that they came to you because you were working on Section Cut and thought, well, this is something that we can work on. It, it was that, and like there, there might be something larger here other mm -hmm. than Section Cut. Like, can we do this as a service? How can we? How can we collaborate? Like, we're just like we're hungry younger, younger versions of ourselves, and like we just wanted to work together. Um, and that and that was really inspiring. At the same time, the firm that I was working at uh, made me choose. I was I was not around on evenings and weekends, and the firm was ex extraordinarily busy and needed me on the on on, on the weekends. Uh, standard architectural practice, <laughs> uh, and I, I had to make a choice. It yeah. was like, do you know something had to give at that point? There just wasn't enough hours left in in the week, um, and I made the choice to essentially let's let's give this a go and see what happens. Uh, I was young, I was in mid twenties, and just like this, if, if I don't do it now, I might not have an opportunity to take this chance again. And you started a, a design design agency, right? Mm -hmm. And so, 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 what did that agency do? Uh, so, primarily made websites and web apps for for clients. It's a, more or less like an architectural service based business model. Uh, we chase, we had clients, uh, we asked for referrals. 
uh, and we slowly built up one after another on how to get how to essentially grow the grow the business to be a sustainable business. Uh, we've done some amazing work with some really big firms. Uh, some of the firms that we're extraordinarily proud of is a uh, company called Zaner, based in uh, Missouri, and they did they do essentially fabrication and facade systems for a lot of the famous architects around the world. Uh, the the D Young Museum here in San Francisco is their facade system is done by Zaner. And then, so how does how does Monograph fit into all of this? So like. Like an architectural business, service-based business, there's highs and lows, right? Like sometimes you have a lot of work and sometimes you don't. Uh, Monograph, along with a lot of our other side projects that we've, we've done master classes on before, yeah. really kind of sprout and fill in those gaps. Uh, so Monograph was like, oh, let's work on this. We have at least two, three slower months. Uh, let's work on this project. And it's iterated over time. Like Monograph really started as a website builder for architects and has, has evolved what it is today as a, as a full project management solution for, for architects. Yeah. And it's fantastic. It's beautiful. You know, that's one of the things I love about it is that, cause I love, you know, working when I work with my software, the visual, uh, the way it looks and the user interface is super important to me. And I, and mm-hmm. I, and I would say that many architects feel the same way that they want their software to, to not only work really well and be efficient and do it, what it's supposed to do, um, which software doesn't always do, um, but also look beautiful because I think a lot of software that works really well and is very productive looks terrible. Um, and it, and I would prefer to, you know, if, if I'm going to be looking at something for, you know, several hours a day, I'd really want it to look nice and, and monograph is beautiful. Um, and this is not, this is not a commercial for monograph. <laughs> I know in the beginning I, I pitched it a little bit, but it's, it's, I just really like what you're doing. Um, and I like, and I like your team and I like you. And so that's why I'm, I'm talking about it a lot, but, um, but we're not here to talk about monograph. Um, that, and that's where you are now, right? You've, you've, you're working mm-hmm. at, you've, you're working on monograph, uh, and monograph is growing. Um, and, but I wanted to bring you on here cause it, you and I also talk offline every once in a while we'll, we'll connect on, on zoom and you and I will just compare notes and talk to one another and inspire one another. And, and you've always been a, a great, um, a mentor to me and, and an advisor and, and a good friend. And so we were talking the other day and we were talking about referrals and about how architects maybe could do a better job at, at, um, at the referral thing, because a lot of architects, you know, they do their branding thing and they do their marketing thing. And and we're, we're teaching them a lot of that in the membership. Um, you've, you've given a lot of information on that in the past as well. Um, that's super critical websites and branding and the story that you're telling on your website super important. Um, but also the traditional methods of word of mouth and referrals. And that's also a very important piece of the puzzle as an architect to be successful, to find the work that you're looking for. Um, and you are very good at that. And in the conversation we were having the other day, I'm like, this would be a great conversation for the podcast. We should, we should talk about this. Um, and so, so what are your thoughts? Let's start sort of at the base level. What is sort of the, the bigger idea of how we can put together a referral system of some sort. Yeah, I, I think a lot of this just happened. I, I was at a, I was invited to speak at an AIA San Francisco mentorship group, uh, specifically on networking and referrals. Like these are younger architects. I'm like, how do we, how do we build uh, our networks? How do we expand on strategy and tactics? Uh, a few of them are, have aspirations of starting their own practice soon like in the next 12 to 24 months. 
Um, so how, how do you start when you're when you're that early, when you're at that stage? And like referral is super important. Like I'm not, we're, as you said, not, not saying that nothing else is not important, but we everyone understands that this is fundamentally a, a service based business model that has historically leaned on a referral system. The, the point that I wanted to make to the younger architects was like you have to understand that the the biz, the, the the execution of architecture takes a long time. Uh, even if it's fast, one year. Uh, if it's long, it could be a decade. Yeah. And there's such a, a a regular mentality that I hear all the time of waiting until the project's over to to collect photographs and then to ask for the referral. And like that system just doesn't work. Like for for projects that are this long, like you can't wait a decade before really asking for the next job, especially when you're early. Uh, so it's really trying to make sure that and you know put the seed into these younger architects that you have to be able to ask for referrals sooner than later. Uh, and ideally, you can feel when the project's going well, right? You do not ask for the referral when the project's not going well. Right, here's your invoice, <laughs> and will you recommend me? <laughs> yeah, right. But like it, you know, when there when there's a celebration, there's a there's a milestone that was hit, and and everyone's happy. Um, it's a good timing to start to to practice and how to ask for that referral sooner than later. Um, I believe a lot of the bigger firms, a lot of the successful principals that have been able to run practices for a long time, figure that out a long time ago, that they have to be able to ask for referrals before projects finish. Um, the duration of time is just too long for, for the actual business to, to sustain itself. Yeah, and, and I've always taught you know, that you do that at the end, you know, that, that everybody's happy. They're walking through the project when, you know, the project is all done and they're living in it or they're working in it and everybody's excited about it. And it's a great opportunity to come in and say, Hey, you know, do you think you could refer me to your friends and your neighbors and, and do all that and get your testimonials and all of that. But when we were talking about it the other day, it just makes sense because of the length of projects that we have that if we're waiting that long, we're missing many, many opportunities. Yes, you should be asking for those referrals at the end. That should still happen. But there yes. are opportunities sooner that we could start building that, uh, that process earlier. 192 hours. Wondering what 192 hours is? Well, 192 hours is about two business days each month. Well, if you're an architect and you're using FreshBooks cloud accounting software, 192 hours is the amount of administration time you could save each year. How? FreshBooks is so fast and easy to use that it changes the way that you deal with your paperwork. You can create and send really professional looking invoices in under 30 seconds. And when you email a client an invoice, FreshBooks can show you whether they've seen it, which puts an end to those guessing games. If waiting for client checks in the mail is slowing down your cash flow, with literally two clicks, you can set yourself up to receive payments online. Oh, and your clients are going to love paying by credit card straight from their invoice. FreshBooks helps you avoid having that awkward talk with your clients about past due payments. FreshBooks automates late payment email reminders so you can spend less time chasing payments and more time working your magic. You can take pictures of receipts on your phone using FreshBooks mobile apps and make claiming your expenses a million times easier. And if you have questions whatsoever, FreshBooks award-winning customer service is amazingly helpful, super friendly with zero attitude. Plus, 
a real live person usually answers within three rings or less. I've tried it. To claim your month-long unrestricted free trial, go to entrearchitect.com slash freshbooks and enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's entrearchitect.com slash freshbooks. Have you been to arcat.com recently? It's the number one most used website for finding building product information. And Arcat has updated their website to get you the data that you want faster and easier. Their search now allows you to choose what kind of information you want, like CAD, BIM, or specifications, and only get the results with that data. Arcat is always fine-tuning their search engine to make sure that you keep getting the information that you asked for. Of course, it's still free and it requires no registration, no login, no emails. If you need building product information and you haven't used RCAT recently or maybe never used RCAT, head over to RCAT.com right now and try it out. You'll be glad you did. That's RCAT.com, A-R-C-A-T.com. Build better content today with RCAT.com. FreshBooks and RCAT. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. So is there a specific time or is it really just finding the right time? I, I, I think I think this is a gut reaction. Like you, you, you have to feel like, oh, like things are really good or like you're having a great dinner with the client and like you're you're signing off on like, like the completion of, of the SD set. Like everyone's happy, uh, that would be a good time. Like, hey, like this is great, and I want to keep doing this work with other clients. If you know anyone, please keep thinking of us. Like, I think that's not wrong, and I'm not, I don't think it's also not wrong to ask multiple times. Right? Yeah. Like, I think you should absolutely ask at the end. That's like the finale. Everyone's always super excited. They're moving in. They're selling in. That's great. But there's so many more opportunities along the way that you can ask, and there might be top of mind moments that you're missing out, right? Like, oh, like this process of designing a home was so good, and like a, one of their friends just happened to be looking for an architect at the same time. Uh, that like you don't know that, and if you do not ask, you might be missing out on a, an opportunity, and they and the client doesn't know that you're looking for new work, right? Like they, they're they, we're naturally very selfish animals generally, right? Like we're we're working on our own project, we're really happy. I'm not thinking that this might be an opportunity to right. to pass your name on to a friend that I know that's also work that's looking to start their project. Um, so there, there's there's so many missed opportunities that if you do not ask, that they they might have failed away, and you you've lost opportunities to grow your firm a little bit faster, uh, and, and to kind of like have a little shortcut going through those rough the rough ten years, right? The rough first ten. Yeah, it, it, it may even be, make sense to sort of go through the process of the of architecture, the design process from schematic through construction administration, actually through completion, um, and sort of preliminarily design, you know, uh, identify the areas in which this may occur. Like this may be a high spot. This may be a high spot. You know, end of SD. You know, the end of DD. You know, when everybody's right. sort of excited about, oh, this is a beautiful concept. And then at the end of end, uh, DD, where it starts getting more real, you know, that's a great time to, to ask for that. 
you know, we're at, at the, at the launch of construction, right when construction starts, people are all excited. It's finally starting. You know, if you put into your system that, okay, this might be a good opportunity. It'll be a reminder. You know, if you have checklists, if you have a, a process that you go through as a reminder for you to say, well, look out for those times. Uh, because it is going to be a spontaneous opportunity, but if you prepare yourself that this might be an opportunity and this might be an opportunity, um, it's more likely that you will remember to do it. Yeah, I, I think this is no different than like a, a lot of practice and Christmas cards or anything else that essentially like reminds the client that like we're here with you, we have your back, um, and you don't have to be so forward and asking for the referral, but at least it puts it top of mind. Uh, I'm a huge supporter for sending gifts on birthdays, right? Like essentially think of other opportunities to have other touch points that are like not just not your project related uh, focus. Holidays are great. Birthdays are great. Uh, family events are great. Family picnics, family birthdays, show up, send a gift, uh, say we're, we're really appreciative of, of, of you hiring us. I think those are excellent opportunities that can sprinkle throughout the year. Uh, birthdays are easy because they're their fixed dates and they recur every year. So you can just put it on the calendar and then there you go. Uh, for the life of the business, even after the project right. is well finished, you should always be sending uh, birthday uh, birthday cards. Uh, so these are the easy things that essentially will help build that referral machine, right? Like just keep things all top of mind. These are low costs, right? Like sending, sending a little thank you note doesn't cost anything. Sending a, a Christmas card doesn't cost anything. Uh, but really trying to make sure that you're top of mind as much as possible uh, so that they, so you can capture those those moments that are intangible. Yeah, and, and handwritten notes in the mail. The actual, yeah. you know, ma- <laughs> mail delivery person delivers it to them and they open it. And among the 10,000 bills they get, they get this happy little letter with some yes. uh, appreciation and a request. To, you know, that's something that people r- will remember. Is, is and, it, and- go ahead. Take notes. I would say take so when we were running the agency full time, like take notes on what they mm-hmm. like. Right? Like some some clients really love coffee, so you send them coffee. Some clients are really into wine, like you send them wine. Like these are like essentially shows that you're paying attention, yeah. and that their their time is also worth worth some some value, um, and you remembered, and that's super super important. Is there a specific way? to ask for referrals. So let's, let's say we're talking to that group of, of young architects that are just getting yeah. started and maybe they have hey, never done this before. They've never asked yeah. for a referral. How do you do it? What's the best way to do it? You're sort of, you're in that opportunity. The time yeah. is now, what do I do? And what do I say? So for them, I would, I ask them to be even more aggressive. One, the client is typically, uh, information is very transparent. The client who's taking the first gamble and, and giving you a little bit of moonlighting work to do knows that you're moonlighting, generally speaking. And, and it's very difficult to like hide that, right? Like you're, if you're not responding to emails nine to five on a Monday through Friday, like you, you, it's, it's very hard to not explain that you're, this is something you're doing on the side. Um, so I told him, like, just be honest. Like the relationship is already there and the trust is already built which means you can be very forward with the client. Like, I want to build my own business. Thank you for trusting me on your first project, on my first project. For me to actually build this business, I need a little bit more client work. And, and like, I need to essentially reach the point where I can pay myself uh, to sustain myself as, as a sole practitioner. Uh, I know we're only one month in, but like, if things are come top of mind, uh, I will love a referral. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would tell you that the first few clients that I had um, to this day take credit for my success. You know, that they, (laughs) that they are proud of the fact that they helped us build our firm, you know, that they, and because we were young and they, they knew they were one of the first projects, Mm -hmm. they really felt pride in the projects that we, I mean, we performed well and we designed well. And so we did meet their standard or, or exceeded their standard, but, but to this day, they are proud of the fact that they helped us build our firm. And they so, help lay the foundation for what you've built today. And like, they should be proud, right? Like, and, and you should be proud and super happy that they were part of the journey. Um, but you have to ask earlier, right? Like there's, there's really no way when you're like, let's say, well, let's use a more realistic number. Let's say you're 30, 35 and you're just trying to strike out on your own and you get that first project. The first project is not enough to pay your salary. You need, you need a, a second and third pretty quickly or you won't be able to transition out of your full-time, full-time position. Right, right. And, and this does come back to websites and branding and, and marketing because if you're going to ask for a referral from someone and they're going to recommend you, it would be great if you had a, a place f- to send them, right? So if, yeah. you, if you say, you know, I could really use your referral, just send them to my website and your website gives them all the information they need, the contact information, a little bit about you. And, and even if you don't even have a portfolio, the website's still important. I've actually written about this. You can search on, the, on Entree Architect for it. Um, I've talked about how to, to launch a firm without a portfolio. Yeah. You can do it. It's about your story. And people, people recognize that, that they're young architects who want to launch a firm. And they, they're looking for that opportunity. While I was at this dinner, I even went as far as like, let's assume you have no work and you're, and nothing is completed and you can't use the company's work because there's, there's clearly written down that you can't use it. I would say that if they're willing to make the referral that you would ask for another favor is can they join in on the next design meeting? Have them sit in, uh, have them understand like what's that process like and how exciting that process is like and how you work. Yes, you do not have a website and yes, you do not have a brand, but you have yourself and you already have the first client. Include them on a meeting, ask for permission, of course, uh, and use that as a way to essentially build the relationship with the new with the new lead. Um, and that, generally speaking, when I when we're running agencies, like it's even when work is not finished, the in-progress work is usually way more exciting, right? It's the process, right, like of distilling your your dream home down to like paper that process is usually very hard to describe on the website but very easily seen in person yeah yeah and 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 it's not only for the young architects that we're talking to you know the referrals are important for all of us whether whether we've been in the business for 20 30 40 years or whether you're just starting that 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 referral uh is just as important as it used to be it used to be the primary way of getting architecture and still today there are many, many architects in the Entree Architect community that say that all the time, that my number one uh, lead is coming from a referral, from a happy customer uh, that, that was you know, happy with the work that we've done for them and they referred us to someone else. Um, and so building that referral process is really important. Um, yeah. But it, it is also important to build that website and that brand um, because it reinforces uh, the, the effectiveness of that referral, yes. that if they can go somewhere and see some work from this referral, uh, it's more likely that it will, will actually work. 
Yes, absolutely. Right. Everyone's always shopping. It's just no different than you trying to to vet a new restaurant and you're using Yelp or Google reviews. Like you want to know a little bit more before taking that first step. Um, and the website is that is is your Yelp page, right? Like your website is the way that you market yourself and describe your work and, and how, how beautiful your work is if you, if you were to hire us. Yeah. Yeah. This is super important stuff. Um, before we wrap up here, Robert, I wanted to ask you the one question that I've always asked you. Every time you come on, I've asked you this question. Um, and I've asked, I've asked this question over 300 times now. Well, maybe just under 300 times because I didn't do it right in the beginning. But this is episode 313. And I've asked this for, for years now. And so I have many, many answers to this question. Um, and I'm, someday I'm going to publish it all so everybody can actually hear the, the answers. Um, but what is, what is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? So we, we did spend all episode talking about referrals. So I'm not going to use that. But that would be uh, a good obviously, one. That, that, that <laughs> will a go be a good ask. one. Uh, but I think there's, there's a more abstract version that will love to hit home. And it's, it's more what we're calling here at Monograph as practice operations, uh, which really, in, in the way I would describe it simply, is to really think about how the practice operates. Right? Like not so much just the business and how, how you get new business, but really thinking more efficiency. Like how do you actually run the business? How do you sustain a business? How do you, what are the routines that have to go in? How do you systematize things, right? So even the referral process, really you start off with one ask, but really you want to think about it as a process, as a system that reoccurs and continues to occur like a machine. Uh, and once you get it there, that's really when things really start to hum. And that's when things are really, really exciting because like everything is just working. Uh, and we're, you know, we're trying to push for a new terminology of practice operations. Fantastic. His name is Robert Yoon. The website is monograph.io. You can learn all about uh, Robert and his team and Monograph over at monograph.io. Robert, you've always been very generous with your knowledge. You're very open to share. You are um, an active member in the Entree Architect community, helping architects, um, whether they're customers or not, you're out there helping us uh, build better businesses. So before we wrap up, I just wanted to take this opportunity uh, for to thank you, to thank you for your years of support for me and Entree Architect, but also in a, in a larger sense, um, your support for the community at, here at Entree Architect and the profession at large. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. And thanks. Thanks for being here on Entree Architect Podcast. I'm looking forward to the fifth one. You've been listening to episode 313. If you'd like access to the show notes or a link to share with a friend, maybe, maybe the link to share is entrearchitect.com slash episode 313, entrearchitect.com slash episode 313. Hey, watch, watch for the launch of our new podcast from Gable Media, Entree Architect Build Your Brand podcast launching this Tuesday, just a couple days. Love, learn, share what you know. Thanks for listening and have a fantastic week.
I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.